Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. This is another week, another bonus episode. I just had to take to the microphone to recap Vanderpump Rules. It was episode two of the season, and I loved it. It was five-star entertainment. I thought this episode was better than the premiere. It gave us everything. We had drama, we had costumes, we had fights behind the Sir Dumpster. I mean, there was like a whole fucking party going on at that dumpster. It was like, they weren't even in, (laughs) people weren't even in the bar as much as they were by that dumpster. And that's how it should be. You know, when I head over to Sir, it's like, I don't want to be in the front of the house. I want to be by that dumpster. And it seemed like more people than ever before were at that Sir dumpster. I mean, like, what was going on back there? It wasn't just like the cast, you know, normally it's just like Kristen and a cigarette at the Sir dumpster. Like this episode, it was literally, they like central casting sent over some kids like, they had so many fucking people by that dumpster, and I loved it. It was like they were throwing some, uh, you know, ray- circuit party at the dump. <laughs> at the dump. I mean, <laughs> I loved it. So, I want to run through this episode, which, again, I thought was so fantastic. So, before we get into the episode, I want to talk about that opening, you know, where they're all, you know, throwing the drinks and everything. I want to talk about Lisa. Now, I realize something. If you look at that shot at the very end of that, when it's the whole group, you know, like Natalia, Guillermo, like the whole crew, Lisa's head looks CGI'd on. It looks completely CGI'd on, and it honestly looks like her and Ken are in that fucking Polar Express movie. You know, the Tom Hanks one? Like, that's what they look like. They don't look like real human beings. <laughs> Ken is just peeking out in the background. Someone's obviously holding him up. And then Lisa's in the front with Jiggy, but Lisa's head looks not real. It doesn't look real. I don't know. Did they have a stunt double and then just CGI her head on? Like, what's happening there? I do not know. But I swear they look like those creepy people from the Polar Express. Like, I'm ready for them to hop on board. <laughs> And hop on board that train. All aboard! It's, you know, someone help Ken get on board, because <laughs> whoever's puppeteering Ken needs to get him on that board that Polar Express. Speaking of the Vanderpump family, did you guys see that Pandora is, like, getting in the mix on social media? She apparently was mad because on last week's episode, Tom Sandoval said something along the lines of, like, I didn't know Pandora was a mixologist. And then Pandora tweeted something, like, saying, I, you know, I'm in the spirits industry, and I I didn't know I wasn't a bartender. You know, she was trying to be shady. And I'm just thinking, I hope that we're not going to get more of Pandora. Like, I do not want to see it on my TV screen. I mean, I'm, I got very concerned because people started posting the screenshot of Pandora's tweet, and I thought, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like, would that better not mean we're going to get more of her on screen? I just want to say that up front. Hope it doesn't happen. Fingers are crossed. Okay, so this episode, we start with Brittany and Jax. We're just engaged. They're going to their apartment. They're exiting a limo. 
of course, right off the bat, Brittany's like, we're engaged. You're my fiance. We're engaged. She said it like 10 times before she even entered the party. And then they get to their apartment. They open the door. And Brittany's like, oh, we didn't lock the door. And it was because, like, Stasi and Tom and Tom, like, went in to set up for this little engagement party. But what really concerned me was that Brittany seemed so, like, it was so normal for them to not lock the door. Do you know what I mean? She's like, oh, we didn't lock the door. And look, I live in the same area. I live in West Hollywood. And, like, you can't just not lock your doors. <laughs> this is not... This is not like Leave It to Beaver or, you know, Wisteria Lane on Desperate Housewives. Like, you need to lock your fucking doors or someone who's on meth or something will just stumble on in. And all of a sudden, there'll be a naked man laying on your couch. Like, I had a friend once who literally came home and he said there was just like a, a man almost, almost fully undressed just laying on his floor looking like they were dead. And the person wasn't. I should just note that. At the time, that person that stumbled in my friend's home was not dead. But they just stumbled in. They were like, my friend said they were on drugs or something, and they just stumbled on it and was just laying on the floor. And thank God that didn't happen. I mean, what if the cameras picked that up? I mean, let's just walk in. I mean, we we don't need another uh, nearly dead person on screen. We already got Ken. We don't need someone just laying on the floor in one of these apartments. I'm concerned that one day we're going to be, uh, the cameramen are going to, or camera women are going to be walking into these houses, and because they left their doors open, someone from the streets of West Hollywood are just going to stumble on in, and we're just going to see someone laying on the ground. And so I just, if they're listening, I hope Brittany and Jack start locking the doors, because that really concerned me. She, she's just like, oh, we forgot to lock the doors. Like, it was no big deal. Like, if Matt and I got home from somewhere and, like, the door was unlocked... I'd be I'd be livid. Also, though, we have like all those robot locks, so that would never happen because Matt got those robot locks, and not only do they they like lock automatically, but then you can like be gone and lock it from afar. I don't know. I hate all these robots, but they have this little party, and so Stasi said she set up all the food, and then Tom Tom set up the drinks. I was a little worried that we're still setting up Stasi to be this like party planner. Do you remember they did that last season? And it's like they were pretending that Stasi was some big party planner. That that's what she wanted to do. So I'm a little bit worried about that. Like they made it a little bit of a big deal that Stasi set up this party. And this whole episode, they were getting real creative with the editing. Did you know that? Or did you notice that they like freezed frame on the party and then it went to Stasi's confessional and Stasi's like, so here's what I did. And then I brought in the food and then Tom Tom did the drinks. And then they like went back to the freeze frame. It was like Saved by the Bell. Do you remember when Zach Morris would be like, time out? Which, by the way, I always wanted to do in real life. My dream in real life was to be able to pause life the way that Zach Morris did. He'd just be like, time out. And then, you know, everyone would, like, freeze in a weird position, and Zach would just monologue to the camera. What an icon. Legend. <laughs> what a legend. Zach Morris. Wow. Also, can we talk for a second about Mark Paul Gossler? Like, I think that we just need to take a little detour here. Hop on board this Polar Express, because it's leaving the station. I want to talk about Mark Paul Gossler. He's aging beautifully. He's still very handsome. He's got a fantastic body. I follow him on Instagram. And he just looks really good. I'm just very happy. The whole Say by the Bell cast is aging wonderfully. Mario Lopez looks fantastic. Tiffany Amber Thiessen looks fantastic. Uh, what's her? Jesse Spano, Elizabeth Berkeley looks fantastic. I'm so excited! 
The other two are, you know, no comment. But there's also that really weird video of Lisa Turtle. What's her name? Lark Voorhees. Did you guys ever see that? Wow. You guys, there's this weird video. If you go on YouTube, just look up Lark Voorhees. It's disturbing. Um, but I, So I hope she's okay and everything. But <laughs> where were we? <laughs> I'm recording this late and I have extra caffeine, you guys. So like I said before, hop on board. <laughs> I should just keep saying that all episode, like, hop on board. That's going to get annoying quick. I I apologize. Anyway, uh, Vanderpump was there at this party with her dog. She showed up to the little engagement party, and uh, Jackson and Brittany walked in. They started showing off that ring. Sheena was looking at the ring with such eyes. I'll I'll leave it at that. I'll say such eyes. Like, they were, it was like this weird mix of jealousy, excitement. Love. I mean, like the amount of action that was going on Sheena's face when she was looking at that ring, it was just like every emotion in the book. Like she didn't know how to feel. (laughs) I like freeze framed. I was like, oh my God, what's happening here? Like she had every emotion in the book. Do you know when how they teach kids, like preschoolers, like my nieces and nephews, they were telling me like they learn emotion by like they'll show them a picture of all these like faces so they'll show every different face and they'll be like okay what's sad and then they like have to point at sad and i just felt like sheena was like all of those faces like everyone everyone like my niece would have been they would have been like what emotion is sheena and my niece would have been like i don't fucking know (laughs) i can't fucking tell i give up like that would my niece (laughs) sophia wouldn't have been able to tell what sheena was doing and i i was here for that and then it was funny, uh, Jackson, Brittany, Brittany's like, Lisa, you're in my apartment. And I was like, they're all so nice to Lisa. Here's my problem, you guys. Jackson, Brittany are so nice to Lisa. Like, everyone kind of kisses her ass. And then Lisa's in their fucking confessional saying, like, that, oh, it couldn't be, it might not be a real ring, like, knowing Jax. And look, I know she was trying to be cute and funny, but I did, just think sometimes it's like, okay, Lisa, enough. Like, Taylor Armstrong, enough. Like, every, she's always got to get a little dig in, and it's just, it would get annoying. Like, if I was one of them, I'd be fucking annoyed. If, she, if I'm talking, in my confessional, I'm talking about how great it is that Lisa's at my house, and then she's over there, uh, propped up on, on Ken's, <laughs> propped up on Ken, and just talking about how the ring's fake. Like, come on. Sometimes it works. Sometimes her jokes work. I just think that one didn't work. But, you know, mine don't all work either. Here I am in this episode yelling, hop on board. <laughs> They're not all winners, is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, uh, at this party, they're sitting at this apartment, and Lisa's making small talk, and Vanderpump's idea of small talk is literally asking Tom Schwartz if his dick is working. Like, she's sitting talking to Katie, she pointed at Schwartz's dick and said, is it working? And I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> what? Imagine that. Like, Someone just and Katie just took it. She's like, "Yeah, now I I used to call it a, a chicken. Now I call it a cock, or what did she say? I don't know. It used to be a, a rooster. Now it's a cock." I was like, "If my boss came into my home and asked if my boyfriend's dick was working, we would have an issue. We would have a little bit of an issue." <laughs> so then we had a moment that we've seen in the trailer a million times, but seeing it again was so thrilling. It was Brittany. Talking about roosters, Brittany over the balcony just said, I'm engaged. She was, of course, comparing herself to Monica and friends. Seeing Brittany just yell, I'm engaged. <laughs> I could watch that over and over again. 
I'm so I was happy for her, and I just love how excited she is. So then we cut to James and Billy Lee there at Sir. James is doing an impression of Jax's Instagram photo, and he said that the de- he, Jax looks like the devil, and the devil got what he wanted. And then he said Jax is going to be a great first husband for Brittany. James was doing so much in his confessionals and in all his scenes. Like he was being very aggressive, and I love watching it on TV. It's really thrilling television. But he was being very, very rough. Um, and then back at the engagement party, I was upset that Sherry wasn't there. We learned that Jax isn't very close with his mother right now. Like, they're going through something. And that just made me think of Sherry. Brittany's mom, Sherry. I was wondering, where's Sherry? Sherry was at Watch What Happens Live with Jax and Brittany last week. And I think we need a, an appearance from Sherry. We, I feel like I haven't seen her in a while. <laughs> I need a little Sherry. So what else? Oh, Lala at this party was wearing this studded jacket that really overwhelmed me. I loved it. I thought it was a great look. And it reminded me of the Banger Sisters. Did you guys see that Goldie Hawn, Susan Sarandon movie? I think that Lala, she's doing some movies now. You know, she's acting. She was in some movie where she played, I don't know, a sorority girl or something. It was like a horror movie. But what Lala needs to do is get a reboot of the Banger Sisters going. Like it could be her and then some other young, like a, a Selena Gomez or Jennifer Lawrence loves Vanderpump Rules. I'm sure she'd love to co-star with Lala. Like, let's get another, or maybe we could do like a little gender swap. So it could be like Lala as the Goldie Hawn banger sister. And then like a, a boy, you know, Nicholas Holt or, or Timothy Chalamet or whatever, Chalamet as like the two banger. It could be like the banger brother and sister. Although it's got to be Banger Sisters. I don't know. I mean, I'm spitballing, but we need to get Lala in a Banger Sisters reboot immediately because that studded jacket like, would fit right in on that film. <laughs> so then Lala's talking to Kristen, and her and Kristen are banding together against James. And Kristen says that she's mad at James because of Britney, of what he said with the rapping t- about Britney. But it's obviously not. Like, I'm totally here for Kristen, this version of her that is very aggressive and wants to take down James, because it's very entertaining. But it is not because of Britney. It's like, Kristen just obviously hates James. So then Jax and Britney were like, we got a bone, y'all gotta leave. And then they did a close-up of Ariana's face, who looked completely disgusted. <laughs> she, she was all of us in that moment. Like, get out of my house, we're gonna bone. Uh, then the next day they're all getting ready for pride now apparently pride is like an 80s theme at sir now i lived i live like right by where they're doing the pride and for a second i really thought like oh was all of pride 80s themed like because i didn't make it to pride this year but that's not a thing like it was just a sir theme i guess and i just feel like being gay and being proud is enough of a theme for pride like i don't think we need to do like you know tennis pros and golf hoes or like you know 80s or any other kind of theme for pride i think just being just being a big old homo and being proud of it is good enough for me so i don't know what this whole 80s thing was and who decided it if lisa was like we need some costumes but let's just be gay <laughs> that's plenty but they're all getting ready in their Tom was getting these like aerobics. He said he was modeling it after his mom's aerobics classes or something. They're talking about whether or not Jax has changed. Like, because Jax is saying he's a new man after his dad passed. And Tom actually called it out. He said he thinks like it's because his dad passed away, he's kind of going through something. And then Ariana agreed. She said she's skeptical of Jax. 
And I actually worry a little bit about Jax. Like, after seeing this episode, I worry he does seem to be grieving so much, understandably. But I don't know. Something about it, I like felt bad for him. You know what I mean? Did anyone else feel that way? Like, you were watching it and it seems like Jax is going through something so difficult and he is acting a little strange at certain points and he doesn't so much seem like himself. And of course, I think like the passing of a loved one can change you. But some of the things he's saying in his confessionals, I'm like, oh, I feel bad. Like maybe he shouldn't have been filming so close after all this stuff happened. And it made me sad. I don't know. We had a little scene with Stassi and Kristen talking about James. Kristen was saying that, you know, she's going after James. And she said something that was like a very Mama D saying. Kristen said something about like, you know, he's not going to twist my titties or something. I was like, what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) Something about twisting a titty or something like that. I didn't write it down. It happened fast. And my DVR was acting up. So I didn't quite hear it. But I heard her say something about twisting a titty. And it made me think I want to get her and Mama D from Real Houses of Dallas together. I think those two could write like a poetry book. (laughs) Just, I don't know, a book of poems from those two would be lovely. I could ghostwrite it if they're interested. Then we find out that Kristen met with a girl named Hope. Okay. Now, for a split second before they did the flashback, I was like, wait a minute, is that who Jack slept with? Because I got Faith and Hope mixed up because they're both kind of stripper names and also inspirational religious titles. But I thought that maybe it was her, but it turns out it was a new girl named Hope that claims to have slept with James while Raquel was there. So, like, Raquel allegedly went to sleep, and then James and Hope hooked up, which is so weird because it sounds so much like the story between Jax and Brittany from last season. It's like, instead of Faith, it's a woman named Hope. And instead of, like, Raquel sleeping in the room next door or in the same room, you know, with Jax and Faith, it was an old lady sleeping in the room. So it's like so it's a parallel lives. It's like a sliding door situation. That doesn't make sense. Not a sliding door, but you know what I'm saying. It's like the similar kind of thing that is so bizarre. And really, Jax and James are almost the same person in a lot of ways. They have a lot of differences, but I feel like James is just Jax 10 years ago or something. You know what I mean? But so Hope alleges that uh, she hooked up with James while Raquel was asleep. And what's so funny about this is that, A, Kristen met with Hope. Like, why did Kristen meet with Hope? Uh, Unclear, except for that it makes wonderful TV. And then, like, they show the scene of Hope and Kristen talking, and Hope goes on and on about how this happened. And Kristen's like, well, you know, that's not right, that's not right. And then Kristen's like, you better come to Pride with me. (laughs) It's like, they don't even know each other that well. Like, are they close friends or something? Like, Kristen's just calling people up. And that's why I love her. She is such good TV. She said, uh, "She said I want to speak to everyone who he has silenced. And I'm like, Kristen's actually doing really wonderful work here. She is not going to let men happen. <laughs> not, on, not in her watch. <laughs> I was living for it. I was living for it. She's totally scheming to just take down James. And it was amazing. Then we got a scene at Villa Rosa, LVP's house, where Jax came over. Lisa was wearing platform shoes that shocked me. Like, literally to the point my jaw dropped, I clutched my imaginary pearls, I fell backwards, I lost all, you know, my blood rushed 
out of my body. It was just, I lost all color in my face when I saw those platform shoes. It was an assault on the eyes. And it just didn't seem like, they didn't really seem like shoes anyone would wear, but seeing them on Lisa Vanderpump was just like, I couldn't make heads or tails of what was happening. So Jax is asking for his job back. And look, I know we're supposed to pretend these people work at Sir a lot, and I think some of them do, but I do not think that Jax actually works there, other than when they're filming. I do believe Brittany works there because I've heard people have seen her when there's not cameras work on there. But I don't think Jax actually works there, so it was weird to me to see this sit-down scene of Jax asking for his job back when I don't think he has a job there anymore, like, other than going to film. And it's like, why can't he just hang out there and film there the way Stasi does or Kristen? I don't know. I don't like when this show tries to pretend something's real when it's not. That's When Vanderpump Rules does that, I feel like we can all see through it. If it was Brittany who got fired and Brittany was going to ask for a job back, I'd say, okay. But I don't think Jax is bartending there when the cameras aren't rolling. So to see this like weird scene, I didn't like it. And Lisa's like, well, you can come work there at Pride. And she could have said, sling some drinks in your 80s gear and then go hang out by the dump while everyone else has fights. Because <laughs> that's, that's what ended up happening. That's what she should have said. <laughs> I'll let you serve a couple drinks and then I'll let you go by the dump. So then we have a James is living in a new house with Raquel or a new apartment. And I was wondering what happened to that old man he lived with. Do you remember he was just like living on someone's living room and it was like a an older man. I wondered what happened to him, but apparently James is moving on up in the world and got an apartment with Raquel with a washer dryer. And I do just want to say, like, if you're if you're living somewhere, like the cost of living in LA is so high, particularly in West Hollywood. So it is sort of a big deal when you have a washer dryer. Like when Tom and Ariana came over to James's house and they were so surprised by the washer dryer, like that is a thing, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a thing here. And so his place looked nice. But I wondered what happened to that old man. <laughs> That's the old man I want to see more. I don't need to see Ken Todd. I want to see that old man that let James sleep at his house. What was the situation there? He's an older gay man. Let's get him on screen. I don't need Ken walking through frame. <laughs> let's, get, let's get James's old roommate on board. You know, get on board. Hop on board. <laughs> so they're having like this little double date, this little dinner party. And they were talking. Tom and Ariana were asking Raquel some questions and some stuff was coming up. And Raquel was doing that thing where she was like about to say something or she'd say something. And then she'd like look at James and see if like he approved what she was saying. Do you know what I mean? Do you know? Have you ever seen couples that do that? It's like she would start to say her opinion on anything. So let's say she was trying to say like, I really like the Polar Express. Like, let's say that was the topic of conversation. So Raquel was doing that thing where she'd be like, I like the Polar Express. And she'd be like trying to lock eyes with James as she's saying that sentence to like see if he agrees or approves or whatever. And I didn't, that worried me a little bit. But I said it before and I say it again. This is Raquel's star making season. This is where a star is born. She's Lady Gaga, James is Bradley Cooper, and the Sir Dumpster is the Shallows. Okay, that's what it is. <laughs> And I think actually this episode was the episode we'll all look back on and say, that's where Raquel was born. So we had this little dinner party and Tom told James that he's like Kanye because he says asshole things. So, you know, James always says he's like the white Kanye. 
because of his DJing or music or whatever. Well, Tom Sandoval is like, no, it's actually because you say stupid shit and then you have to apologize. <laughs> that made me laugh. Also, James and Raquel, did you guys notice the dinner? James made salmon, asparagus, mashed potatoes, and served it with wine. I just thought, like, what a stark contrast to that turkey sandwich that Jax made Brittany last week. <laughs> like, James made a real dinner. Jax just got some sliced bread. We talked about that sandwich last week. Uh, I mean, Jax, I hope, was taking notes by this meal because James served an actual meal. And then James also did this impression of Britney, which was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. It was literally Gina from the Rojas was Orange County. Like, <laughs> James doing an impression of Britney was really an impression of Gina from the Rojas was Orange County. It's like, I don't even know what he was saying, but he was like, Welcome to the Polar Express! <laughs> that was James's Britney. I hate the Polar Express. I don't know why we're talking about it so much. It's just in my head now. You guys, I can't stop it. All aboard! Gina saying, like, all aboard! <laughs> Gina telling everyone to get on board the Polar Express. <laughs> and then Shannon would be like, it's not my Polar Express, you fucking bitch! I don't have a core! <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's stop. I'm done. <laughs> I need to be cut off from caffeine. Don't no one let me drink caffeine anymore. So then we have Pride. So all the people are coming into Pride dressed in the 80s. Sheena's got all these headbands on. Billy Lee was in Working Girl cosplay. Like, she literally looked like from the movie Working Girl. And then the editors gave us this, like, 80s sitcom flashback thing with, like, title cards. And I, I was, like, shaking. Like, do you ever... Do you ever like put your hand out like you? I, I look like what's that thing? <laughs> what's that disease where you can't stop shaking? Like that's how I felt. Like I could not stop shaking. My body was like convulsing, seizing. I was seizing because I was like overwhelmed with this excitement from the editing of this like 1980s thing. I mean, it was insanity, and it was like purple font on the screen. Oh my god! And every last costume was crazier than than the next. They were all wearing these short shorts. Peter looked like he was in Miami Vice. Lisa looked like she was in Dynasty. Also clocked Tom Sandoval's legs. He got great legs. And then, uh, you know, Katie was... Some other people had, like, a weird... Like, Katie and Stassi, they had, like, these outfits that didn't seem to have a, a complete theme. You know? But the costumes were insane. Peter's, I think, was my favorite, because it was just, like, full Miami Vice. And then Katie mentioned something about feeling confident in her body. And I think she looks great, Katie. But it, she mentioned it, and I thought, oh, that's weird. Why is she mentioning that? Because she said, like, I feel confident in my body, and I feel good. Cut to later the episode. And I know why now, because James was being an asshole to her. But anyway, we'll get there. So then Sheena starts singing Good as Gold. And I was so happy. Like, from the moment they did that, like, 80s title card thing until the very end of the episode, like, I felt like I was in heaven. I felt like it just, the episode came alive. And that was particularly true when Sheena was on the bar singing her one song, Good as Gold. <laughs> I mean, come on. And then Natalia, did you guys see Natalia, Lisa's business partner? 
at one point she was like standing on a chair or the bar or table or something. And she had her camera out taking photos. And I swear she looked like Kris Jenner photographing Kim Kardashian. Do you remember? <laughs> remember on the Kardashians when Kris was shooting uh, Kim like topless? Do you remember? <laughs> That's what Natalia looked like shooting like fucking Sheena singing good as gold. <laughs> Natalia was acting like they were her children and she was so proud. And I need more from Natalia. And then also, not, I mean, we got Sheena single, but then we also got James sort of stripping to his song Top Man while wearing Top Man underwear. I've never seen anything gayer. And I say that as someone who's watched a VHS tape of the first Wives Club that was recorded off the TV in 1997. <laughs> it was recorded by me, that VHS tape, but that <laughs> James on the bar dancing and singing Top Man with half his top off was definitely gayer than <laughs> that VHS tape. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was like half his jacket was off. And it was like, it was almost like he wanted to completely strip, but then like something stopped him. You know what I mean? It was like the, sh- the jacket started to hop off and then it just was on one shoulder because it was like it got halfway off. And he's like, maybe I shouldn't give him all the goods. Maybe I shouldn't give him all the goods. I can't do it, James. <laughs> but he just like half, ha- half had it on. And it was a lot, and he's doing Top Man. And then, as if that wasn't also thrilling, you know, like I was so excited. Then we get, we cut to Kristen in the back of Sir, fucking climbing over a fence. Like Kristen was doing fucking James Bond stunts, climbing over a fence with the girl that was like there to ambush Raquel and James. We hope. I mean, wow, I felt alive. Like Kristen not wanting to go through the front door of Sir and instead climbing over some fence, which I've never seen that fence before. I've watched every episode of the show. I don't recall there being a wire fence. And somehow Kristen was like maneuvering around it or on or climbing over or whatever with hope. I mean, wow. Well, well. I felt good when that was happening. I felt real good. And then they literally go, Hope and Kristen just go straight to Raquel. And they're like, you know, James cheated on you with me. And I mean, that's ballsy. Like, even if, regardless of if or not, it, I mean, if it happened, the fact that Hope was willing to, on camera, go up to the girlfriend of the person she's claiming to have slept with while she was there. Like, of course, I'm blaming James. Like, James should not have slept with Hope. But also, at some point, don't we have to... Like, look into the fact that, like, Hope was there with Raquel. So it wasn't like Hope didn't know that he was with someone. Hope just slept with him while Raquel was there. Like, that's bizarre, right? And then, not only that, but then she just fucking walked up to Raquel and was like, hey, guess what? I slept with James while you were there. I would have been so pissed. And Raquel kind of took it, you know, I don't know. And Kristen's like, I don't know. Or no, Hope was saying, I'm not doing this to hurt you. It's like, well, what were you doing it to do? Like, like, why did you do it then, Hope? I don't understand. And meanwhile, Kristen's in the corner. She literally said these words. She's like, riddle me this. You're at school and James is home alone. But she said, fucking riddle me this. Like, she was Jim Carrey's Riddler in Batman Forever. Like, riddle, riddle me this. Like, who says that? Kristen does. And I lived for it. And then, you know, Kristen's getting real heated while she's talking to Raquel. And Kristen's like, I took him from the baby buster he was to whatever the fuck he is now. And then, just as she was saying those beautiful words, those, that poetry, <laughs> that wonderful poetry, 
Then they cut to Raquel, who's got a confessional now. Raquel's got a confessional. I told you, this is where we're going to point in five years from now. We're going to point and say, this was when Raquel became a star. She got her own confessional. Okay, so let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll finish the episode, okay? (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com slash everything iconic. Then my DVR stopped and it froze for a second. I, I quite frankly, like freaked the fuck out. I started screaming at Matt was in the kitchen. I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Fix this. (laughs) I just like froze on something and I was I have never been more of a monster and I probably never will be more of a monster than when my DVR stops or when my cable box pauses in the middle of a Bravo program like if you want to see me lose it that's when you'll see it so I missed I caught in all of a sudden like I I got it to work and I saw Bo and LVP meeting I, it froze for a second on Bo, who's wearing a shirt that said gay for pay, which made me very upset all around. And so I missed the little scene between LVP and Bo and uh, Stasi. But I will say when it froze on that, Stasi looked happy. She did. So then James is in the back smoking and Jax is at that back bar too. James apologizes to Jax and Brittany. And 
What bothers me about this whole thing is that Brittany was so mad at James for what he said on the microphone, and not that she should be happy with him. But it's still sort of weird that it's like, she's so mad at that, but then it's like, well, you know, your boyfriend cheated on you on a reality show. And so, like, of course, the cast members are kind of talking about it. Although James, when the way he said it was, of course, rude, and what an asshole, I get it. But, I don't know. It's like, we all should be a little bit more mad at Jax for what he did, right? Otherwise, she was, you know, she was. She was. Let's let's not forget when she was like, rotten hell, Jax, rotten hell. (laughs) I'll never stop saying that, you guys. Ever. Rotten hell. We're engaged! I'm engaged! (laughs) Monica from Friends wishes. She wishes. <laughs> then James just pulled out a gift basket and said, Oh, I got you this gift, a tequila basket or something. And I really think that gift basket was just sitting at the bar. Like, I don't know that that was James to give away. I feel like somebody left that for Lisa, or, you know, it was a birthday. It, somebody had a birthday party at Sir and forgot their gift because he just pulled it out of nowhere. James didn't seem to have that with him, didn't look like he came in with that or anything. He just pulled that from behind a table and was like, here, I got you this. And he only said that there was tequila in it, but he didn't say what those other items were. And I freeze-framed it. I tried to figure it out. It looked like it was perhaps some snacks. But I don't think James like went and got a basket and then filled it with things that Jax and Brittany like. And then shrink-wrapped it like and put a bow on it. I don't think that happened. So I think he got it from somewhere, but the items that I, when I freeze framed it, it didn't look like items that would typically be packaged together in a gift basket. Because usually if you go to the liquor store and you see a holiday gift basket of tequila, you might see it packaged with, I don't know, maybe a mixer or something, maybe a martini glass or a shot glass or something like that, a, or a shaker, a cocktail shaker, cocktail book, I don't know, spitballing. But I don't think they package it with fucking Lay's potato chips or or it looked like maybe there was those low sodium wheat thins in there. I couldn't exactly tell. It was very hard to tell. But it didn't seem like something that would be packaged with tequila. And so I don't know where this came from. My theory is that there was a birthday party at Sir, either that day or the day before. Maybe it's two friends or a group of friends, you know, and someone may, named maybe Cindy was giving their friend, uh, friend Bobby, uh, his birthday gift. And maybe Bobby likes, you know, wheat thins and he likes tequila and he likes, I don't know, a pepperoni stick. And maybe there was like a funny card in there that said Giovanni or something like that. You know, I think it was a mix of random items that Cindy put together, shrink wrapped, put a bow on it specifically for this Bobby person that I'm making up. But I think that's what happened. And then I think James was like, oh, I better give Jack something. Let me give him this. And the first thing that James saw in the gift basket was tequila. So he was like, Jax, I got you guys tequila. But he didn't know any of the other items. So then he just gave him that gift basket. Because otherwise, it made no sense where this basket came from. It's also possible that somebody gave James this gift basket. Like they wanted him to do free promo on his Instagram or like, They brought it to the bar when he was DJing or something. And I feel like somebody else might have given that to James and then James re-gifted. That's the other explanation. 
So then Raquel pulls James aside and he tells her, she tells him what happened. She says, you know, Kristen and this girl Cope said, not Cope, I said Cope. Um, Kristen and Hope said that he hooked up with her. And then James, you could tell he's getting a little bit more drunk. He called Kristen a slut. I do not like that. James's language, I know he's he's got the accent and everything. He's from somewhere else. But I don't think a lot of his language is acceptable. Like calling someone a slut. He kept calling women bitches. I just don't like that. I don't like people calling women bitches. I don't know. Some of his language just bugs me a little bit. And they're having this conversation in front of Jack. So Jack's just listening to uh, James and Raquel fight. And James is saying, everyone's obsessed with me. He said, you know, everyone uh, treating me like Jack's, you know, and this is the same. Or he said, this is the same thing that happened to Jack's. And Jack's is listening. And Jack's in his confession, he's like, yeah, people accused me of cheating. And they were right. Like, I did cheat. And so I thought James should not be comparing himself to Jack's. And then Raquel starts trying to get a tear out. Her fake tears were star-worthy, and I loved it. I loved it. And then James's response was to say, all these stalkers, all these bitches, they love me, they love my music, they send me, they see me in a nice house, they see me with cars and money. And he's like, fuck everyone. And I don't, I don't love this behavior in a friend, but I love watching this behavior on TV. Like, I thought James gives us good TV, even though he's a monster. It was very entertaining to watch. So then back inside, we see Schwartz. We didn't get a lot of Schwartz this episode, but we did see Schwartz just grab a beer, a random beer from the table, and he just started drinking out of it. And we see Sheena and Lala in the back. They're all talking about James. James comes up. James started calling them bitches. I didn't like that. Then Lala implies that she's seen Hope and Raquel together. And I, I wanted more about this. Because it seemed like Lala didn't say like a specific instance where she saw James and Hope hooking up, but she did imply that she's seen it. So, and then, you know, she says something about Raquel being dumb or mentions dumb, and Raquel's like, I'm not dumb, Lala. And I sort of wish the editors got a little creative and like did like a record scratch there. They didn't, but I would have liked that. <laughs> also, Lala's confessional, she has one of those studded tops. Fantastic. Banger sisters worthy. And Raquel said Lala doesn't support other women. Did you guys catch that? She said she does not support other women. You know what? You're very disappointing as a woman. You say you support women? Obviously you don't. Well, well. So then we see Tom is in his Tom Sandoval in his confessional. He says, well, there have been instances in James's past where women have pictures or clothes. So it seems likely that he's hooked up with someone. And so James and Tom Sandoval are sitting, talking by the dumpster. They're having a chat by the dump. And Kristen walks up with Hope. And Kristen's, right when she walks up, James walks away. And Kristen says to Tom, why is he here? He needs to go. And you know that. (laughs) Tom's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, James works here. Like, you're just here hanging out by the dump. (laughs) Like, Kristen... Kristen walking up to Tom Sandoval and just being like, I mean, why is he here? He shouldn't be here. Like, why are you here? You're just hanging out by the dump on your off time? Like, what's going on? <laughs> why is he here? <laughs> and then James is like, they're all by the dump. And James is like, you know, kind of being an asshole. And Katie says something like, what's up with your fucking pants? And then James just turns into like an even bigger asshole. 
and says, like, you shouldn't be wearing those shorts. You need to lose weight. And as he says it, he's, like, such, like, a cartoon villain. He, like, flicked his cigarette out and, like, he's like, you need to lose weight or whatever. It was just, like, so... I, I felt like it was exactly what you would draw a cartoon villain to look like. And then Ken showed up in a hat. I was very upset about it. You know, Ken and Lisa were walking down the parade route, and Ken was wearing a pink hat. I just... Enough. Enough. And James left the dump, and he just started... <laughs> I'm going to just start calling it the dump now. <laughs> the Sir Dump. Anyway, James was walking down Santa Monica Boulevard, and he's just like, everyone's obsessed with me. Everyone wants to fuck with me. And it was so aggressive. Like, imagine just seeing James walking down Santa Monica Boulevard, and he was like, taking photos with people. It was like, the funniest thing. Everyone wants to fuck with me at the Sir Dump. <laughs> All aboard. Okay, you guys, that's the end of the episode. I loved it. I thought, I, you know, I liked the premiere. I did. But this episode to me felt like classic, wonderful Vanderpump Rules, and I was here for it. I was entertained. The editors were doing so much in the best way. Yeah, would I have, have liked that record scratch? Of course. But it was still five-star entertainment. Loved it. So that's the recap. I thank you for listening. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Danny. Please join the Everything Iconic Facebook group. Uh, it's called Everything Iconic, the pop culture or the uh, the Crisis Center for Pop Culture Lovers, which is, of course, a First Wives Club play on words. Uh, and then please join the Everything Iconic Patreon to, if you want to support this podcast. For $4 or more per month, you get access to all of the bonus episodes. There's a brand new recap of the season three, episode one of The Real Houses of New Jersey up there now. It's really fun. That's the christening episode. Do you remember when Melissa and Kathy joined the cast? So that's up there. Now we'll be back Thursday with another new episode. I want to thank Samsung Technologies for sponsoring this podcast. And then let's do our cool down. I mean, I feel I feel um, spent after that episode. So let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Take a deep breath out. I'll take another deep breath in. And think of a gay friend a gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, someone in the LGBTQ community. Breathe out. Now, in honor of this Gay Pride episode, I'd love you all to reach out to your LGBT brethren, LGBTQI brethren. Reach out to them and just, you know, say I love you. Tell them hello. Reconnect with an old friend. Tell them you're proud of them. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye-bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 